today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Big debate going on in this country right now about uh, the Olympics coming up next year. And the, and the question that everyone's asking is, uh, should Canada boycott the Beijing Olympics that are coming up next year? The Canadian Olympic Chief Executive Officer David Shoemaker has weighed in on this, and he says pulling out of the Beijing Games is not going to solve the issues with China. The choices are to pull out, to barricade ourselves, to divide, to further polarize and say out of protest we're not going to go, or to engage and to be part of a conversation, to amplify voices, to speak our mind on things that are important to us of value, and to participate in the games. And we think when faced with those choices and the lessons learned from Moscow in 1980 and L.A. in 1984, that the choice is clear. Uh, well, did we learn lessons from those things that Mr. Shoemaker was just talking about? Uh, Bruce Arthur, a columnist for the Toronto Star, wrote a very poignant piece about that, and he joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Uh, Bruce, thanks so much for the time. Great to have you with us. And I had a great piece, by the way. Thank you, Bill. I know that you talked to Mr. Shoemaker, and we're going to get into that in just a couple of minutes as well. Uh, have we learned any lessons? As you point out, actually, even in the first part of the, of the piece here, uh, it's not the first time we've had this debate here, this, uh, the debate up to the uh, 2008 Summer Olympics. There was a lot of talk about not just Canada, but other countries were considering boycotting the Games. Uh, didn't really happen to any extent, and uh, did we learn from that? Uh, I, I don't think we did at all. I mean, the, the, the arguments that David, and I like David, um, the argument that David Shoemaker brings up is that we have seen past boycotts and they didn't change things. But that's a false dichotomy. That's not really what we're talking about. No one thinks that if countries uh, boycott the 2022 Olympics, that China will become a more liberal democracy with better human rights. That's just there's no one plus one equals two there. That's one plus orange equals dishwasher. So that, that's not really the terms of the of the argument here. It's a moral and political choice. And the problem is, is it's a political choice first. So the Canadian Olympic Committee alone is not going to make this decision because it would be monumental. You need government support. You would need the government, which funds a lot of athletes, by the way, most of our athletes, most of our funding. You need the federal government to have a multi-pronged strategy. You cannot have sports be the tip of the spear. It would need to be a much more organized thing. And right now with the pandemic, I don't think our government's ready for that. So... The COC was never going to boycott these games, and especially it wasn't going to do it alone. Because unless the Americans do it first, the Canadians aren't going to do it. Unless Europe does it first, the Canadians aren't going to do it. Canada has tried to be a moral leader on certain issues in international sports, which is really hard. But that said, this is not. This seems like one where they are retreating to a degree that is probably further. It's, it's retreating into moral cowardice is what's happening with the COC this time. Well, and you brought up two points here, but, you know, a moral question and a political question. Yet the IOC traditionally has suggested, you know, at least implied, that they don't want either morals or politics involved in the decision. But they're involved in every one of their decisions. Well, and that's the fundamental contradiction at the heart of the Olympic movement. I mean, the reason that China is hosting the Games this time, there's two reasons. One is that after the 2014 Games, which were awarded to Russia, which was its own problem, right? Like, think about mm -hmm. that in a geopolitical stand standpoint. There was huge amounts of corruption that was involved in those Games and the legitimizing of a nation that was a really bad actor internationally. Um, then after that, that cost $50 billion. That's how much the Russians spent. Um, the, a bunch of countries after that pulled out from consideration for 2022. Sweden, Norway, uh, Poland, I believe. And Ukraine was going to bid for 2022, and then Russia invaded Ukraine, which kind of highlights the whole problem there. And so they were down to Kazakhstan and China for 2022. And Kazakhstan didn't have the money 
didn't have the international prestige, China will pay a lot of money and they will make money during these games because there's very few countries where you're guaranteed to make money during Olympics. So this is the problem is the IOC says it's for human rights. It's for gender equity. It's for trying to make the world a better place. But it also chases the money because that's the heart of the Olympic kind of showrunners movement as opposed to the Olympic movement of the athletes. It's about the money. And so you wind up putting countries and athletes in really terrible moral positions. If you're an athlete and you have strong feelings about Uyghur Muslims, about the two Michaels, about the way that China has gotten worse in terms of human rights since 2008, and in the 2008 games, by the way, they had designated protest zones and arrested the people mm-hmm. who showed up, right? Yeah. Like, so if, if you have strong feelings about this, you are going to be encouraged by the COC not to raise them on Chinese soil, Partly, only partly, because you might get arrested. Like, that was one example David Shoemaker gave to me, is we're going to explain to them what the consequences could be. We're going to point to the National Security Act, which is what they've used to sweep up dissidents in Hong Kong. Like, they're going to be told, don't do it while you're there. And so that means basically meekly going along with a games with one of the world's truly malign actors, but one which has carved really strong ties to Canada, and to the rest of the world, like it's not like the COC is going to be the only ones doing business with China. So this is it. Just the IOC puts people in impossible moral positions and expects them to go along and enforces the need to go along, and it's a big problem. And and the other factor that you talked about there, the political one. I mean, let's let's address that too, as you did in the piece. Uh, that plays a huge part here. And I know back in the days when there, there was a concern about well, Russia and Afghanistan, when Jimmy Carter at that time decided that he wasn't going to send the U.S. to the Olympics, and there were implications to that. And and the the phraseology was well, don't poke the bear because there's going to be implications. I I, I guess it, right now it's don't poke the panda uh, because China seems to get a pass from everybody. Well, and China is, uh, when they strike back, they strike back really hard. Like, think about, David Shoemaker was an executive of the NBA for seven years with NBA NBA China. He left in 2018. Uh, About a year ago, Daryl Morey, the then general manager of the Houston Rockets, tweeted, free Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. It cost the, the, the NBA hundreds of millions of dollars in the Chinese market. They stopped showing games. They threatened the, 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 the players in terms of, or threatened the league in terms of, are we going to show your games in the future? It's a giant market, and again, the money talks. So they've, that's been papered over, and it's going to be fine, but the message is sent, right? Like, no NBA player will ever criticize China again because it's bad for business. And that's the same with the IOC. The IOC has worked so hard to get Russia even after the worst systemic doping conspiracy in modern history. They have worked so hard to get Russia back into the good books of the Olympic movement. The IOC bent over backwards to do that. And it's been difficult, but they've managed it because there's money in Russia. And they will do the same with China. They will try to stifle dissent. No IOC member will speak out against it. The money's too good. And so ideally, and this is a point that Rob Kohler, who's the head of Global Athlete, uh, who's one of the really good fighters for, for kind of a better, more moral international sports movement, he said, like, we should be adding human rights to the Olympic Charter. And that, I think that's actually, if you want the Olympics to be what the Olympics says it is, that would make sense. But the Olympics isn't going to do that because the, the Olympics isn't about making the world a better place. It isn't about human rights. It isn't about any of that stuff. It's about harnessing the power of individuals, the incredible magic of the human spirit, right? Like when you watch athletes, that is some of the best of us. And they're using that in order to make a whole lot of money and make a lot of very specific people rich. And that's how the Olympic movement works. And, and that's... 
as you point out in the piece, that's really the root cause here. You know, we can talk about Beijing, we can talk about uh, Soviets, we can talk about any other thing, but the reality is, is recent history, I guess, Bruce has shown us that it's getting more and more difficult to find people that want to host these games uh, because of the cost mm-hmm. and because of some of the implications, the cost overruns, we should mention as well. And uh, it was a big thing at the past. Oh, boy, well, let's, let's see if we can go after the games. Uh, as you just mentioned, the reason Beijing got these is because basically there was nobody else in the game at this stage. The IOC base is never going to say, yeah, we we're going to put moral standards into this. They just want they want the money at this stage, and that that's a shrinking market right now, isn't it? Well, and there's a and there's a flip side to that too, right? Like David Shoemaker pointed out, that Canada may want to bid for a games in the 2030s, and that would be leveraging existing Olympic facilities in either Vancouver, or Calgary. I know the Calgary bid or the uh, the the nascent Calgary bid failed a few years ago, uh-huh. um, but Canada, if they if if Canada wants to bid for a games. You have to play by the IOC's rules in order to do so. And Canada has been a little bit of an outlier when it came to the international conversation about doping. Canada has been admirable in that way. They have been admirable in terms of safety standards for a COVID games in Tokyo this summer, which may not happen. Um, but on this, when you get into the really big rough and tumble stuff, Canada can only go so far. And in this case, I don't think Canada is going to go very far at all. And that's the indication is that there is there's a space between boycotting and saying nothing. Right. There's a space for expressing a moral outrage for something that requires moral outrage or at least moral disapproval. And the COC is going to try to push its athletes to one side of that line where they don't they don't offend China in any way. And because China is such a they react so poorly to criticism. Right. Like when they remade the Top Gun movie, the Taiwan flag that was on Maverick's jacket from the first Top Gun movie. Mm -hmm was no longer there because there was Chinese money involved in the movie. Um, like these, China is really serious about this stuff, and it sounds like that's going to work at least with Canada and probably with a lot of other nations in the world. Well, they've got to be having that conversation, I would think, you know, about what are the ramifications if we were to do this. I mean, and the Huawei situation is a classic example. I mean, you know, we, we adhere to a, a treaty with the United States. We you know, make an arrest there at the Vancouver airport. And lo and behold, two Canadians have been incarcerated for over two years right now. And mm-hmm. uh, who knows what, what the next action could be in a situation like that. So what what do we do? We just check our morals at the door uh, and check our, our 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 desire for for you know humanitarian uh, attitudes by some of these nations and just say forget about it. This is only the games uh, because that seems to be from what you're suggesting and and from what uh, Rob Kohler was telling you. That's the only way you're going to stay in the game. Well, and that seems to be the plan. Um, like again, the IOC has rules and beyond the rules that we see. In Sochi, there was a lot of consternation over Sochi and how exactly, um, how, how bad that was as a games in terms of, again, legitimizing a really nasty regime, which at the time was really cracking down on the LGBTQ community. Um, I can remember one Canadian athlete, I believe, who spoke out about those games. It was a freestyle skier at the end of his career. I wish I could remember his, his, his actual name. Um, and he was, there was not a lot of approval from the COC. Like, he was not, he was not given a great job, buddy, uh, from the COC. And he felt really, really kind of pushed out after making those statements. They were barely noticed by anyone until a, a few of us wrote about it. And so I think what's going to happen here is the COC is going to tell its athletes, look, in Hong Kong, people got arrested. We don't want you to get arrested, even though the Olympic Charter and the Olympic Agreement protects that. We would rather you not get into trouble. We don't want to offend our hosts. 
if you want to say something, say something when we unveil our uniforms or when we unveil our team, which, of course, will be on Canadian soil yeah. on a Zoom meeting, basically. It, this is this is a hard situation. And maybe athletes are going to say something, and probably they aren't. And we're going to see, because there's every incentive from their own Olympic committee, from the IOC, and from the hosts will be to say nothing about the monstrous things that are happening in China and the ones that include Canadians or not. Bruce, uh, just about out of time, thanks for this. Uh, for people that have not read the article, it's still up on the Toronto Star webpage if you want to check it out. It uh, really lays everything out for you. Thanks for the time today. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Bill. Take care. Bruce Arthur, of course, columnist with the Toronto Star. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.